in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. Well, this evening, people are taking in the damage from last night's hailstorm and figuring out how to fix everything. These photos were taken and sent to us by a viewer in Round Rock. You can see the extensive hail damage to their car right there. Well, the hail caused more than just damage to vehicles, even homes. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marina. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. Our Jayla Washington is in Round Rock, where it seems people may have gotten the worst of it, Jayla. Hey, Jennifer, certainly got the worst of it. Right now, we are in the Cat Hollow neighborhood, and you can see there behind me, actually leaving right now, some contractors that were just um, repairing some windows there. You see that there are tarps now over those windows that were shattered by that hail. Now, I've seen a lot of roof work today, just kind of driving throughout this area. Lots of holes that just absolutely went straight through, causing significant damage. Lots of tarps now on roofs, as well as at neighbors doing walkthroughs, just surveying the damage. We got to catch up with one neighbor earlier today who was just in disbelief. She has lived here for 20 years and counting and says she she has never experienced anything like this. A lot of neighbors are dealing with water damage because obviously that hail putting holes through their homes caused that water to leak in. Lots of shattered windows as well as glass. And you know what? It's not just the houses that we're seeing this either. We're also seeing, uh, you know, significant damage to vehicles outside of homes. So certainly people feeling very overwhelmed coming up at six o'clock. We are going to let you hear from some of those neighbors talking about the cleanup process and we will also let you hear from uh, some contractors as well as even uh, tow truck companies who are just trying to keep up with everyone that is needing their services right now. For now, I'm reporting live in Round Rock, Jayla Washington, KXAN News. All right, Jayla, thanks so much. And that damage hit an area of East Austin as well. Our Grace Reader is near 12th Street and Airport, which got pretty hard. Grace, what are you seeing out there? In pockets of East Austin Monday, broken windshields, smashed sunroofs, and hail dents are the norm. It was real bad last night. Neighbors spending the start of their week filing insurance claims, cleaning up, and swapping stories. It sounds like somebody beating on the house. You hear hidden cars. On Franklin Avenue, there isn't a car between 12th Street and MLK that doesn't look like it's been impacted. Many telling us their cars are likely totaled. My car with the whole back window's gone. The um, window on the drive, mirror on the driver's side is gone. I got toes in my tail lights. And the whole car's body um, hair damage. Which for some, including this family, is going to be a huge financial burden. I'm going to have to drive my car as is. I don't have money for rental fees. This storm is to blame. Dropping huge hail, some baseball size, on pockets of Northeast Austin Sunday night. Papa, Papa, I thought they were shooting or somebody throwing bricks at my house and out my car. Then I heard something say, boom, like they have sent some, like a rocket or something through my roof. I jumped up, I ran, told my husband, hey, it's hailing out there. People in this East Austin neighborhood worried about the damage, but thankful it wasn't worse. I'm just glad really nobody got hurt out here last night. The car, it can be replaced, you know, material thing, but your life can't.
Mm, so true, and that was our Grace Reader reporting there from East Austin. So what do we have in store for us looking ahead? Looking ahead, just a couple isolated storms are possible this evening. Yeah. It won't be anything though like what we saw last night. Let me give you now a brand new perspective from one of our viewers. This is from Nils Anderson of what the storm looked like over Georgetown and Austin as seen from a distance. A spectacular March-like supercell thunderstorm, but it's happening at the end of September. Here was a, a view of that hail track as this damaging storm trekked from Georgetown to Round Rock right down I-35 into the Austin area, zooming in on when and where the worst of it was right here, nearly softball size hail at 9 p.m. last night in sections of Round Rock. That's exactly the confirmed report that we got 3.75 inches in diameter. That falls at nearly 100 miles an hour in Round Rock. We also had some reports of teacup size and tennis ball size hail from Pflugerville and North Austin into Georgetown. The radar this evening is much quieter. Matter of fact, it's dry nearly area wide. Our eastern counties, though, we're watching a front and also some boundaries coming into Lee County that may focus some storms over the next few hours. So coming up, let's talk about the slim threat of strong storms this evening, quieter weather ahead and a hot start to October. First, though, we've gotten so many incredible photos and videos from the storm from viewers like you. Digital reporter Kelsey Thompson compiled them into a map. Don't forget to send any photos you have to report it at KXAN.com. All right, David, thank you very much. Car dealerships are feeling the damage from the storm as well. We have video from a Hyundai dealership. You can see shattered windshields and dented hoods and roofs all across the lot. We reached out to this dealership for comments on how they're dealing with it. We haven't heard back just yet. But Steve David, the general manager of Steel GMC Round Rock, says his dealership also has some cracked windshields. Nothing too major for them, though. He says there will some, be some deals on some of those damaged cars if you're looking to get one. And he adds that they are starting to see delays from the auto workers strike, which could make it even harder to get parts for repairs. And of course, repairs are of concern nationwide because of that strike. Despite some forward movement, a deal has not yet been reached. Union leaders say that they've made some some progress with Ford, but not GM or Stellantis. So they're now expanding that strike against those two companies. Now, President Joe Biden says tomorrow he will join a picket line in Michigan. And then on Wednesday, former President Donald Trump is expected to speak to workers there as well. Well, with the deadline to fund the government less than a week away, deeply divided House Republicans are scrambling for a path forward to avert a shutdown on October 1st. And with time running out today, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy expressing optimism that a deal can still be reached. NBC's Alice Barr reports. In the nation's capital today, it's the start of a week that could end in a government shutdown. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy insisting a deal to fund the government is still possible and sending a pointed message to the hard right members of his own party standing in the way. If people want to close the government, it only makes it weaker. Why would they want to stop paying the troops or stop paying the border agents or the Coast Guard? Hardline conservative Republicans not backing down on their demands for steep spending cuts. Folks like me, I'm, you know, we're sticking to our guns and all of a sudden we're the bad guys because we want to balance our budget. Speaker McCarthy today signaling potential progress with some of the holdouts. Apparently they're willing to work now so we could have an opportunity. As they race to reach a short-term funding deal before the deadline, when federal workers could be furloughed or their paychecks held up, including members of the military. Um, you're talking about people not being able to come into work at a time when, again, we're facing rising threats all around the world. We really need our full military at their, at, at their 100%. 
The Biden administration making contingency plans to protect essential functions and warning of a shutdown's wide-ranging ripple effects. The risk of vital nutrition assistance for nearly 7 million mothers and young children who count on WIC. Americans counting on their leaders to keep a potential shutdown from damaging the economy while so many are struggling to balance their own family budgets. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. The Ken Paxson whistleblowers speaking out again, why they're saying even though the impeachment trial is over, they're still moving forward. And the surge of migrants flocking to the U.S. continues the latest effort from Mexico to keep people from crossing dangerously. Today, the whistleblowers who reported Attorney General Ken Paxton to the FBI shared their story for the first time since his impeachment trial acquittal. In a news conference, three of Paxton's former top deputies announced next steps in their wrongful termination lawsuit, which was settled at the beginning of this year. The whistleblowers say Paxton isn't holding up his end of the deal, which included $3.3 million and a formal apology. Today, they filed a motion with the Texas Supreme Court to get the case back on the active docket with a firm message for Paxton. The impeachment process is over, but we are not going away. We are not going away. For us, this case has always been about more than money. It's about truth. It's about justice. Now, we're waiting to hear back from the Attorney General's office for a comment, but in its responding filings, lawyers asked the Texas High Court to hold off resuming this case for at least two years. Coming up, tech takeover, this time in the healthcare industry, the new form of telehealth getting people in rural areas access to doctors. And average high temperatures on today's date here in Austin are 89 degrees. Instead, it was 99 today at the Austin Bergstrom International Airport. Nice to get a little rain along with the hail last night, but we are still way dry for the month and for the year. Where we may see additional storms tonight, next. It's being described as a breakthrough in the medical field, technology utilizing a broad range of diagnostics to really help people receive care without going to a doctor's office. News Nation's Kelsey Kernstein has the details on a new form of telehealth to get people easier access to care. One of the biggest threats facing America's healthcare system is a shortage of primary care doctors in rural America. A tech company is trying to change that. OnMed has created an office that can be set up in any building across the U.S. where patients can have a private face-to-face -face appointment with a doctor on screen, where half a dozen diagnostic tests can be ran. Blood pressure, we have weight, we have temperature, we have a digital stethoscope, we have a pulse oximeter, and then we have a high-definition camera that does a number of things. Uh, that will do ocular work so we can look deeply into the eyes, we can look into your mouth, down your throat for sore throats, things like that. The main goal is to provide the same experience as one would get visiting a normal doctor's office. And if the patient needs medication, doctors are able to prescribe it and provide it on the spot. We are a perfect bridge in that scenario where we, you know, we handle today about 85% of what can be done in a primary care practice. Although the medical community is happy about the new technology, some say there is nothing like going to the doctor's office in person. I think it is certainly a tool to help mitigate that because it gets something out to rural areas. But I think it'd be a far cry from being a complete solution um, you learn in medical school that physical exams are extremely important. It is very important to be able to sit there and touch someone's belly if it's hurting or look at someone's foot in person if it has a new wound on it. Um, and all that gets lost with telemedicine. 
And that was Kelsey Kernstein reporting. These kiosks can be found in Alabama and right here in Texas in Cameron at the Milam County Sheriff's Office. And of course, they hope to open more locations soon. And going in depth on this, Governor Greg Abbott announced today over $4 million awarded by the Texas Health and Human Services Commission to four Texas hospitals deemed critical to serving our state's rural populations. And one of them is St. Mark's Medical Center in LaGrange. This comes after Governor Abbott and the Texas legislature appropriated $25 million for rural hospitals. This grant will provide over $1 million to each hospital over two years so they can improve health care access. This money can be used to help with operational expenses, help them pay off debt, make facility repairs, or maybe just buy equipment. All right, so let's talk about now, David, the rain totals. People were hoping for rain, and you have the totals now. Yes, the hail, of course, was a really bad yeah. part of the storms for so many who have damage. The rain, though, was really welcome, especially during this exceptional drought, which continues area-wide. Look at this. We got over three inches of rain in the hill country. Even some streams, creeks, and rivers have a little bit of flow in them in the hill country. Not enough to raise the level of the lakes at all, unfortunately, so far. Northern Gillespie County, though, 2.72 inches of rain since yesterday afternoon. South of Llano, over two inches as well. And that same storm that brought the destructive hail for many of us, about an inch and a half of rain in East Austin and Weberville, east of downtown. Right now, it is drier, but it's hot and it is muggy. It feels like July all over again. 96 in northwest Austin on the Palms Car Wash Cam. You can see a couple dark clouds trying to build up into rain producers this evening. Temperatures are kept down where we had the heaviest rain yesterday. 85 and mid-80s as well from Fredericksburg up to Mason County. But look at this, mid and upper 90s from I-35 eastward. You factor in that awful humidity from yesterday's rain in part, and it feels like 101 in Austin. He indices closer to 105 in Hayes and Caldwell counties. Now we're not totally done with the rain yet for the week. Some of us could see a little pop up storm this evening. I will say though from the get go, this is not going to be a destructive hailstorm like we saw last night. So don't worry too much. This is just a one out of five marginal threat of some small hail, some lightning, some gusty winds. If these storms develop from Austin southward through the rest of the evening, this is happening after that active night last night. We still have the heat and humidity in place and we have a weak little excuse for a fall cool front moving through our area shortly. This interacting with the heat and humidity could spark up a couple showers and storms, especially east of Austin in the next few hours. By 730, we still have some isolated rain possible, mainly from Austin eastward. And then the rain threat moves south of our area entirely late tonight into the overnight hours. Unfortunately, as you saw there, even though we're saying goodbye to the severe weather threat, we don't have a lot of widespread rain left over from Austin eastward. Just some scattered, mainly light totals possible through the next few hours. After that, I called this an excuse for a cold front. This is the time of year when we should have really refreshing and real cold fronts. This is not one of them. The humidity is in the oppressive category this evening and tomorrow morning. We will see a little northeast breeze drop the humidity a bit, but the humidity stays a little higher than I would like, and the temperatures stay a lot hotter than you might like as well through the rest of September. Average highs, as we discussed, are in the 80s this time of the year. We're talking mid-90s as Austin continues its second hottest September ever recorded to this point. 
Overnight tonight, can't totally rule out a little stray shower. The chance of rain even after dark, though, only 10%. Partly cloudy, mild with calm winds at 72. Tomorrow, we have that little northeast breeze behind this cool front. Doesn't drop temperatures much at all, 96, with just a 10% chance of an isolated late-day rain shower. 96 again on Wednesday, then hot and completely dry weather continues Thursday and Friday. This coming weekend, as we turn the page into October, typically a cooler and wet month for us, it's an unusually warm start. You guessed it. Sunday and Monday, only a 10% chance of a pop-up shower, with high temperatures way up at 96. All right, David, thank you. Mexican officials started blocking migrants from hitching rides on cargo trains in a new effort to curb the surge of people headed there. And thousands of people have crossed into the U.S. just in the last few days, making many of them making dangerous journeys on freight trains known as the Beast. Mexican railroad operator Ferromex temporarily suspended 60 trains because of it, and Mexico's immigration authorities have deployed agents to stop people from climbing aboard. Now, the Department of Homeland Security officials tell NBC News that U.S. Border Patrol made 8,900 apprehensions of illegal border crossings yesterday with 2,100 in the Del Rio sector, which Eagle Pass, Texas. Well, if you've profited off of selling tickets to a concert or a big game this year, you may have to pay up. The new rule from the IRS targeting people selling tickets for a pretty penny. Right now, the new study unlocking some of the mysteries of long COVID and proving the condition is real. Also, no end to the tragedy of 9-11. The FDNY's grim milestone now having lost as many to 9-11 illnesses as they did that day. Well, it was a summer of record-breaking ticket sales for live events, and fans shelled out thousands just to see their favorite stars in person. Now, others made huge profits by selling their tickets for insane prices, and now the IRS is getting involved. It's all thanks to a new law enacted under the American Rescue Plan Act. Anyone who makes over $600 selling their tickets on the secondary market will now have to report those earnings to the IRS. It comes in the wake of some big-name concerts in 2023. Beyonce's Renaissance Tour or Taylor Swift's Tour. Now, the average Taylor Swift ticket sold on StubHub for just under $1,100. On SeatGeek, the average was over $1,600, and the best seats sold for much more. Now, in the past, ticket sellers only had to report earnings if they made more than $20,000 and at least 200 transactions a year. That's now down to just $600, regardless of how many transactions. Well, there's a tentative deal in the Hollywood writers' strike. After several days of negotiations and 146 days of picketing, the Writers Guild of America and the labor group representing the studios and streamers have reached an agreement. WGA announced the deal in a joint statement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. The three-year contract agreement must still be approved, though, by the Guild's board and members before the strike officially ends. In a message from the Guild, writers were told the strike is not over yet and no one should return to work until hearing otherwise, but picketing is to be suspended immediately. The terms of this deal have not yet been announced. Well, what a way to tie up the Pittsburgh Steelers' win against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Steelers' charter plane made an emergency landing in Kansas City. This was just before 4 this morning. The Delta Airlines flight from Las Vegas to Pittsburgh made an unscheduled landing due to the engine reporting low pressure and the engine shutdown. The aircraft landed safely, though, and taxied under its own power. A team spokesperson says everyone is safe and everyone stayed on board until a replacement arrived. They took off again for Pittsburgh just before 11 local time.
Tonight on KXAN, it's all new with The Voice at 7 and the premiere of The Irrational at 9 and KXAN News at 10 o'clock. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 over on CW Austin. Here's where to find us.